This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio. Another busy show on this Monday morning as we begin to preview the final men's major of the season. It is the Open Championship, and it is at Royal Liverpool. Now, the last time it was at Royal Liverpool, of course... Guess who won? Rory McIlroy. Guess who won about 24 hours ago at the Scottish Open? Rory McIlroy. So Rory McIlroy will be going in hot uh, to the season's final major on the men's side. Coming up on today's show, a busy one. Bob Weeks will be by in about 15 minutes. Our golf reporter, Kristen Murphy, going to join us in approximately five minutes, Mark Sacchino, who was on the call for the Genesis Scottish Open, he is going to join us in about half an hour. TSN golf producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell at uh, 11.15, about an hour 15 from now. Davis Lamp. This guy is one of the great stories in golf right now. You may recall we had him on our show here a couple of weeks ago when he became the first ever Monday qualifier to win on PGA Tour Canada. Well, what did he do yesterday? He won for the second straight week. So Davis Lamb, three weeks ago, trying to Monday qualify his way onto events on PGA Tour Canada. And now he's one win away from an automatic Corn Ferry Tour exemption. All I have to say to that, you love to see that. Before we get to all of that, let's hit it with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Well, the big news, of course, Rory McIlroy back in the winner's circle, his 24th career PGA Tour victory, and what a way to do it, too, in Scotland, birdieing those final two holes, and the wind conditions, the weather conditions overall, crazy, carnage, many ways you could put it. The the one perspective that I was saying last night hosting sports center and to other people was the wind was so crazy that there was one hole at about a hundred or 510 yards excuse me McElroy hit his tee shot 428 yards and flipped a wedge in there to make birdie on 18 the final hole 444 yard par four Rory hit driver 240 yards This is one of the longest drivers on the PGA Tour. This guy's second in strokes gained off the tee on the PGA Tour all season. Then roped a two-iron, a low, hot, running stinger from 202 to about 10 feet or so, made the putt. He is now a winner again on the PGA Tour. Before we discuss Rory McIlroy further, let's hear from McIlroy on the green after picking up the win. 
We're really proud. I, uh, that was such a tough day. I mean, so tough, especially the back nine. You know, I bogeyed in my last two holes on the front nine to, to um, you know, to go to two over, and I saw Terrell was making a run, obviously. Bob was making a run as well and had an unbelievable finish uh, to play that back nine and four under par to, to win the tournament. Um, yeah, really proud of how I just stuck in there, uh, hit some amazing shots down the stretch and um, you know was able to finish it off with a with a really nice putt there. But uh, yeah, feels feels incredible. You know, it's been you know it's been a sort of long six months I feel since I won in Dubai. Um, I've given myself tons of chances. Um, you know, and hopefully this win sort of breaks the seal for me, especially going into next week as well. Well, let's see if it really does do that for Rory McIlroy. And we've spent a lot of time on this show, really on our Wednesday editions of Golf Talk Canada Radio, where we look at the fan duel odds for the upcoming tournament, where Scotty Scheffler has been the pre-tournament betting favorite, oh, I don't know, for about eight consecutive months now, whenever he tees it up. Well, last week when I was hosting gameplay on both Thursday and Friday right here on TSN 1050, Rory McIlroy was the betting favorite for the Open Championship. Now the odds have shifted a little bit. McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, your pre-tournament co-betting favorites on FanDuel for this week's Open Championship at plus 650, followed by John Rahm at plus 1,200. Well, for much more on the Scottish Open and what a tournament it was, breakfast, golf, the works, early morning golf, carnage, tea times moved up, everything. It was such a cool week at the Scottish Open. For much more on this, the woman who wrote all the highlights on SportsCenter last week now joins us, Kristen Murphy, our golf reporter. Murph, how are you this morning? I'm great, Adam. How are you? I am great. Thank you. Thank you for joining on a very short notice as well. <laughs> really, really appreciate that uh, as you're, you're jumping all over the place this morning, but really appreciate <laughs> you jumping on here for this. Uh, first of all, Rory McIlroy, a winner again. What did you make of his performance in Scotland? That was so incredible. I mean, if we just want to dissect what went down Yesterday morning, while I think a lot of people, unfortunately, were sleeping, but um, as, as we can these days, you can find everything on social media. So I think by now, most people are up to speed. Rory hitting some of the most clutch shots down the stretch, birdies at 17 and 18, to win by the narrowest of margins. And I think it's also important to note, you know, had this thing gone to a playoff, you just never know. And then you have the heart of Scotland already in the clubhouse waiting, watching after posting a 64. How about the performance from Robert McIntyre? And I just loved how for those closing two holes, they really did a good job of building up the drama because Rory would hit a shot, like his tee shot, his five iron at 17. Um, and, and then they would show Bobby McIntyre inside the clubhouse or wherever he was stationed, you know, with his caddy and a couple other players just watching, and he he was so good at remaining stoic with his reactions because you're watching Rory, you know, number three in the world, who's breathing down your neck, and there's nothing else you can do about it. You just have to painfully wait and watch. And, I mean, Rory, what else is there to say? That shot on 18, just a stinger through the wind. And then what I think is also really important to highlight as fabulous as those two shots were, he still had to sink the putts. 
and he hasn't always done that on Sunday. Um, you know, he's been playing so well, but he hasn't been able to cross the line since Dubai back in January, and now he has, and talk about peaking at the right time. But uh, we also have to get into Bobby McIntyre's shot at 18 under all that pressure. Adam, did you catch that one? Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> I was trying to compare which one was better because Bobby oh. Mack threw a fairway medal feathered a fairway medal in there with the wind howling and i mean for for rory to hit two iron from 200 yards you could tell how how hard the wind was blowing but for robert mcintyre i mean that shot how clutch was that i mean this was especially this was nick taylor in canada five six weeks ago this is this is robert mcintyre's chance that's why he got so emotional afterwards too i know and i'm such a rory fan and, you know, Rory had never won in Scotland before. Of course, he's won the Irish Open. He's won the Open Championship. Now he's the, I believe he's the only player to win all three now. Um, yep. But because we just saw our guy, Nick Taylor, win our national championship, I think we have a heightened sense of what it means to win on home soil in your national championship. So I couldn't shake that um, from my mind as far as what this would mean to McIntyre to win. But, you know, everywhere Rory goes, he's also a fan favorite. So I think I was conflicted. I think the crowds were conflicted too. And had this thing gone to a playoff, I'm not sure anyone would have been able to just stand it. I don't know. No, I, I, I totally agree too. Like it, it, it was, uh, I, I didn't get to see it live. And I know there was a lot of uh, discussion, to put it lightly, on Twitter yeah. about some of the, of how you some people just couldn't actually watch it on TV live, yeah. but you obviously got to see our, our feeds where you were sitting right. dialed right. in, in the sports center newsroom, uh, watch, yeah. watching, watching it all. But as, as we move ahead now to the open championship and you mentioned it right there, we just heard the clip from Rory McIlroy uh, and I believe I'm quoting him here when he said, hopefully this will break the seal for me heading into yeah. the open championship. Interesting uh, way to put it that way. But anyway, for Rory McIlroy, the co pre-tournament co-betting favorite. How do you like his chances now to finally break the major slump? I love his chances. And, you know, to do what he did yesterday, that has to be very confidence building. And, you know, let's take a look back. Last year at the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews, Rory finishes second, and he had a very ho-hum final round he didn't have any big mistakes but it was just kind of par city utah if you will so i think if he's in contention i think he's going to be really aggressive on sunday i know that's getting ahead of myself but rory's just been in such good form lately you know mr top five finishes and i just think um he will take this experience from this week and apply that to next week, or I guess which is now this week. But um, I think there is still a lot to be said about the pressure of that, and we do know it's it's a long drought. It's been nine years since he won, but, I mean, he we know he likes Royal Liverpool. So I think, uh, you know, you got to like his chances, but there's other guys that come in playing really good golf too. And talk about Mr. Consistency, Scotty Scheffler is one of those guys that I think will also be lurking. I think it's going to be a tough one to pull out, but I do think Rory can get it done. You know, I, I was just going to go there with uh, with Scotty Scheffler. To finish T12 or better for 19, 19 <laughs> consecutive starts. The last time he finished outside the top 12, Murph, I hadn't started hosting SportsCenter yet. 
That's how long <laughs> it's been for this guy, for Scotty Scheffler. I mean, one of these weeks, he's just going to win by 10 shots if he can bring it all together. But you, you got to wonder. I mean, you could, you could definitely see watching some of the highlights from the Scottish Open. He was getting frustrated on the greens, missing, you know, eight, six, eight, ten footers time and time again. What did you make of Scotty Scheffler last week? And as we look ahead to this week, what do you think about his chances? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like his chances. He's putting himself in the mix pretty much every single week. So we know how laser-focused he can be when it comes to major championships. He's proven himself in major championships before. So I think, you know, you'd be a fool to count Scotty out. Now, for the betting people, the betting listeners, um, obviously he's got the shortest odds to win along with Rory. So he's not the juiciest bet. If you're going to look at someone else outside of the favorites, um, I have to say, Adam, I'm focused on Tyrrell Hatton this week. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so, I, okay. Yeah. I, okay. I like that. I, I, so, yeah. Yeah, no, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, he's been playing some really solid golf. Obviously, he will be a hometown favorite as well. Uh, he's also one of the most fun guys to watch. I think we can agree there. He is not shy to show his emotions, to flip the crowd, the bird, however however you want to call it. But uh, he's so exciting, and I think he's really, really due. Number 15 in the world rankings. He's got eight consecutive made cuts this season, six top 20 finishes, three top fives during that span, and he sits 15th in the FedEx Cup standings. I think he's he's kind of peaking at the right time, and that would be a really cool story if we want to go with the whole winning at home, national championship vibes. For him to win at the Open Championship would be a fantastic story for England. Yeah, it would be. Now, Tyrrell Hatton this season, third in strokes gained total, sixth in strokes gained putting, 10th in strokes gained off the tee, 14th in strokes gained approach to green. One stat I don't see right now on PGATour.com, he's actually leading the PGA Tour. He's first in strokes gained entertainment so far this season i yeah i'm the exact same way with hatton because i had him at one of my edge picks last week and he was making a move early sunday morning i thought oh baby i need to get back in the winner's circle here but for hatton it seems like he's almost his own worst enemy where Mm -hmm. if if things go awry he can really get down on himself in a hurry but tyrell hatton is another guy who I, i i like this week um Speaking of guys who haven't won majors before, how about Ricky Fowler? I mean, this is a guy who, you know, you mentioned Royal Liverpool last time around where Rory McIlroy won. Guess who came second? Ricky Fowler. Guess who won three weeks ago? Ricky Fowler, who had another good week in Scotland. Ricky Mm -hmm. Fowler. What do you think about Ricky Fowler here as we head to the final men's major of the season? I mean, you talk about peaking at the right time, and Ricky certainly is on the right track. It would be so insane after everything that he's been through to pick up his win just a couple weeks ago and then to cap it off by winning the final men's major of the season. I think the golf world would absolutely love that story. I think we all love a comeback story. Ricky is arguably one of the most popular players, if not the most popular player on tour. He's so well-liked by his peers. You could see that, by the way, everyone reacted to his win at the Rocket Mortgage. It would be a fantastic story, and I definitely think his game is in the right place where he could get it done as well. Yeah, totally. It's going to be so much fun, the Open Championship this week. And Murph, you're going to be all over it for Golf Talk Canada, for Sports Center. I believe, are you doing the highlights for round one and round two? Is that correct? 
That's right. Yep, I will get be getting things going Thursday and Friday before handing it off, and uh, I just okay. can't wait. This is this is my favorite major of the year. Oh, join the club. You and I both, the <laughs> Open Championship. Can't wait for it to get underway Thursday. All coverage, of course, on TSN and CTV. Murph, thanks for your time on, again, such short notice. We'll get into that later in the show, but why you're on such short notice. But thank you for joining us here. We'll talk to you right. soon. And I know our, our viewers, they will be so excited to see the shots of the week this week. Oh, yeah, talk as always. All right, Adam, take care. All right, we'll talk to you very, very shortly. That is our golf reporter, Kristen Murphy, again, joining us on very short notice. Really appreciate Murph jumping on here and joining me on Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, we're going to continue looking back at the Scottish Open, and we'll dive a little deeper into the betting odds for this week's Open Championship as well. Mark Zacchino going to join us from Scotland. Bob Weeks will eventually join us as well in studio here. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. We'll have another Caddy Time interview that's coming up in a couple of weeks here on Golf Talk Canada when Mark was at the Caddy Time Open at Glen Abbey recently welcome back inside gtc adam scully here in the studio bob weeks will be by shortly mark Zacchino going to be by from scotland looking forward to hearing what it was like commentating walking the fairways how many layers he had on what the rain suit situation was because it's rare that you see tournaments overseas where we have weather delays, where they move tee times up in advance because of weather they're, they're anticipating. We know the green speeds are always a little slower over in Scotland, over in Ireland, because it the wind blows harder. It's just fact. But uh, when they do it the day before, that's when they know it's really going to come down. And when Rory McIlroy has to hit driver two iron to a 440 yard hole or when Minwoo Lee hit a 225 yard pitching wedge excuse me 225 yard pitching wedge it's pretty crazy anyway we'll have more uh from Mark and Bob here shortly but Rory McIlroy the latest winner he does it again 24 career PGA Tour victories for Rory McIlroy his second victory worldwide in 2023 we played part of his interview in our first segment shortly after winning here is the latter portion of Rory's interview with Sky Sports after getting the victory there's so many moments in the round we could pick out, but let's jump to your approach there on 18 because you knew the state of play. You needed something special, tied for the lead, coming up a very difficult golf hole. What was the thought process at that, that moment? Uh, I was right between four iron and two iron. Uh, I took my three iron out at the start of the week and it was a perfect, it probably was a perfect three iron, but uh, four iron was only getting to the front edge of the green. Uh, and two iron, I had to sort of cut it and try to get it up into the wind a little bit. And I just hit this two iron and it 
came off absolutely perfectly. Um, probably the best shot I've hit all year. Uh, it was it was you know exactly the way I wanted to play it, and um, you know when you hit a shot like that, I felt like I deserved to hold that putt to, to finish it off. We have to talk about that putt because you've hit so many of your tee to green. Your game has been absolutely outstanding, the best in the field, and you've given yourself so many chances that it's easy to get frustrated and perhaps skewed on how your putting is. But over that putt, where was the head at, at that stage? You know, it was straight downwind, so it was quite easy. I knew it was going to get to the hole, even though the greens were really slow. So I just was like, started on my line, started at, you know, sort of a, you know, right edge or a ball out on the right, and and just sort of let it do its thing. Um, it hung on for me. I, I thought it might have been missing left in the end, but it hung on and went in. But um, you know, to hold that putt on 17 to at least give myself, you know, the the opportunity to win in regulation, and then to do that on 18, um, you know, I'll take a lot from that. Not just going into next week, but going into the rest of the year. And as you say, Rory, it's a significant stage in the season. This is a huge event. It's back-to-back Rolex wins for you, co-sanctioned event, and of course the we're all off to Hoylake next week for the Open. So how significant is this win at this time? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, for the race to Dubai, for the FedEx Cup, um, for my confidence in general, but for for all those things that I talked about at the start of the week and trying to win the you know the title on both sides of the Atlantic again this year, um, you know this will go a long way. Really well done. Congratulations. That was a fun final round to watch, I, I got to say. And uh, I'm anticipating the Open Championship will be similar this week for sure as Rory McIlroy does it again, 24 career wins on the PGA Tour. But now we look ahead. Now we look ahead to the Open Championship. And 2014, that was the last time Rory McIlroy won a major. He's come close so many times. Is this the week? For much more on that, Bob Weeks now joining us on the show. Weeksy, good morning, my friend. I know it's been a wild morning, but good to see you (laughs) back here with me. Yes, well, I'm sorry to leave you hanging there. We had a last-minute uh, phone call that I had to get on to, and it was uh, all good. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of, of your question there of, about Rory, I mean, it's um, what a finish. What a one-two finish. And I know a lot of people are going to look at the uh, shot on 17 or the two-iron on 18. But how about the final putt that he made, which is a, something that you know has maybe not gone his way a lot of times, those sort of 10- to 15-foot putts? And he rolled it in to avoid the playoff, make the finish with birdie, birdie. By the way, the only player that day to birdie those final two holes. There were only eight birdies combined on those two holes prior to him holding that last shot. So that is a a remarkable finish. And you got to think that Rory is super pumped. I've seen some video of him this morning on the range uh, in uh, at Royal Liverpool. And uh, boy, it it just tightens things up at the uh, top of the betting pool even a little bit more, doesn't it? It really does, and co-betting favorites right now on FanDuel. So for the first time, Scotty Scheffler is not the pre-tournament solo betting favorite on FanDuel. He's now the co-betting favorite. So Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, both at plus 650. And after the round, Bob, McIlroy spoke about how that putt on 18, it was straight downwind. He just had to get it on line and sort of feed it in, and initially he thought he missed it. I think that's why we got the reaction, where he just sort of, he sort of keeled back and started laughing because I I don't know I'm not sure if he thought he didn't hit the greatest putt of all time but he sort of relied on the wind and got it to go down. Well, also I think there's something in there where it's it's amazing how close he's come to winning 
in the last couple of months, you know, and it's like maybe no, finally I got one into the in, 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 across the finish line, ran through the tape, and I think the the relief as much as the celebration was the immediate reaction to what he did. But um, you know you're in you know you're playing uh, Lynx golf or reasonable facsimiles thereof when you are talking about the wind on your putts, right? I mean, yeah, a downwind putt is is not something you think about when you're playing at the Masters very often, anyway. But I do love the I do love the win. I love it for uh, for Rory. I love it for golf, and I love it for uh, coming into this week. No kidding, it was a great win for Rory McIlroy, twenty fourth career PGA Tour win. On the other side, we're going to head on over to Scotland. Mark Sacchino going to join the show for a full recap of what it was like covering the Genesis Scottish Open for PGA Tour Radio, with all the moving broadcast times, with the rain, with the wind, with everything going on. Sacchino joins Weeks and I next, right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully Weeks in the T-Dot. Now joining us from Scotland, the Z-Man, Mark Sacchino, now on the line. Mark, are you exhausted from a wild week at the Scot- Scottish Open? i got to tell you, Adam, I haven't felt this burnt out in I couldn't tell you how long. That Those were four hard days uh, walking in those elements. Uh, I mean, we're doing 15,000 steps a day because... You know, golf carts, as you guys know, uh, is pointless over here. And uh, walking in that wind was like walking with weights tied around your ankles for four days. It was absolutely uh, crazy. So, but uh, what an amazing event. Uh, absolutely loved it. Felt, felt very much like a, you know, like a national championship, very much, like, you know, kind of the pride that we had a few weeks back on our own. You could feel the pride from the Scottish staple and the fact that, Robert McIntyre almost pulled the Nick Taylor on everybody. It was getting deja vu there for a second, but uh, it was a great event, but I'm glad to have a few days uh, now removed from it. That's, that's going to be good. Uh, Mark, when, when you are covering a tournament, and this may seem like an odd question, but how much of the, the weather that you had there with the wind and the rain and all that kind of stuff, how much does that affect your job? I know it affects the golfers, but what about you? Well, it's funny you said that, Bob, because I had something this week that I'd never had before. You know, rain makes it difficult. But we, you know, we work in rain all the time. And rain makes it difficult because, you know, we've got our clipboards with our notes and our papers. And, of course, that all gets soaked and drenched. And then if they, you know, you can't do any of our sponsored reads or if you want to go, you've got to have everything to memory at that point because, you know, carrying paper in the sideways rain ain't going to help. And then, you, you know, trying to carry the umbrella, clipboard, microphone, uh, that's, a, that's a tough task. So certainly it makes it hard, but yesterday I had something I've never had before. When we were out on holes 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, that's the most exposed area of the golf course. It kind of points out, out towards the, the North Sea. That's the part of the golf course, too, that they were worried about uh, yesterday afternoon, which is why they moved the tee times up, because they thought 
when we get gusts of 40 miles an hour, out there it's going to be closer to 60. And then you're not going to be able to play. Like, the balls just won't stay on the greens. And there's a couple of that 12th green is, is pretty much like Donald Ross, turtle back. I mean, good luck keeping the ball on that putting service. Luckily enough, we got ahead of it and we were able to play. But yesterday when I was out there, I couldn't hear for the first time, uh, in, you know, in, in doing the job. The wind was so loud, and we wear the one-eared headset, not the two, not the two uh, cans, but the one can on the one ear. And the, the wind was so loud that it was stronger, you know, in my exposed ear than it was in my actual radio headset. And I had the volume cranked up. And at that point, it was just noise. It was just constant noise. And trying to get cues and trying to figure out when they were coming to you and, and, and you know, when you were live and when you weren't and where you're supposed to go after your call, it was almost impossible yesterday. It was really like trying to drive blindfolded for most of the afternoon, especially for that, those stretch of holes. But uh, hopefully anybody listening didn't notice. Uh, you know, I expect that most of our listeners were probably in the last hour of the broadcast, I would imagine, last 90 minutes because of uh, how early uh, it was on the East Coast. But, yeah, it's funny you asked me that today because that, that was a new one yesterday. Look at that. Just new things happening here at the Scottish Open. But the elements were uh, were wild, and they were so wild that Rory McIlroy had a two-iron from 200 yards on the final hole. Two-iron from 200 yards. This guy's second in strokes gained off the tee this season. This guy bombs it, obviously. But, Mark, overall, how impressed were you by the way McIlroy finished because the, the front nine it seemed like oh this is another final round where Rory's going to finish in the top five probably should have won but the way to close out the way he did how impressed were you from Rory McIlroy you know it was interesting because for, I, I was with Rory for all four days so I walked with Rory from Thursday right through to Sunday every single hole and for the first three days he looked like a guy that was just never going to miss a golf shot uh, it was such, such an impressive display driver, wedges on point, soft wedges, lighting the golf ball, hitting it through any window he wanted, moving it both ways. I mean, look at his strokes game putting guys on the first three days of the golf tournament. It was disgusting. Not so bad on Thursday. Friday and Saturday, horrific. In fact, he gave away almost three shots in strokes game putting on, on I believe it was the Friday round. It was either Friday or the Saturday round, but they were both terrible rounds. He had less than 50 feet of putts made in both rounds of golf. And I guess he was kind of doing a bit of a, bit of a Scotty Scheffler impression in a way because his strokes gain categories, he was first uh, almost in all of them, especially the driving uh, numbers, but, but he was just dominant to the green. And then we got it there out there on Sunday, and he looked like a different guy. He hit three fairways. Uh, two of the fairways he hit were with irons. Uh, he wasn't flighting the golf ball the way he was the first few days. And the club that kind of saved him a little bit on Sunday, which is it's kind of funny saying it, was the putter. It was, you know, you know, for a guy who made less than 100 feet of putts on, on Friday, Saturday combined, you look at Sunday and he made over 100 feet of putts and made a bunch of putts that he needed to make. And he still missed a few that he should have had, like on 16. But the, to your point, Adam, the, the guy I watched for 15 holes, was not the guy watched finish the last three. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. All of a sudden, he had a different year at 16. We looked up and we saw a leaderboard that was just beside the, the 15th green. And I thought the first time Rory got a sense of what McIntyre was doing when they saw that scoreboard on 15. 
And we got up on 16 and he pounded driver down the middle. That was the, one of the first times, I think that was the first drive he actually put in the fairway all day with drivers, pounded it down there, flighted this rope hook, two iron or four iron on 16, was unable to get up and down. But then the birdie at 17, birdie at 18, you, you called the two iron, just that stinger two iron. And then to pay it off with the putts, I mean, he hit some type of switch when he saw the scoreboard on 15, and that's not a switch we see Rory hit often on Sunday, right? Guys, that's the one we're all waiting for, and it doesn't seem to, to happen often enough. And it sure happened yesterday, and now I guess now the hype machine will start, right? Because the last time we went to Hoy Lake, he won, and here we go. So um, I'm curious to see where by the time we do our TSN edge picks this week who the betting favorite is uh, for the week. Uh, Mark, I was saying to Adam earlier in the show that, you know, there were some key shots and some key moments on that, on that final round, as you pointed out, you know, you could look at how well he flew that shot in on 17, the tee shot, how it just perfectly caught the slopes and rolled up through, uh, into a birdie range and the two iron that's been the talk of the town, I think since he finished up. But to me, the key shot was that putt on 18. And as you said, the putting was marvelous on Sunday. But that was not a gimme. That was sort of a 12-footer. And those are the kind of putts, if you go back to the Open Championship a year ago, if he'd sunk one or two of those kind of putts on Sunday, he'd have his name on the Claret Jug again rather than Cam Smith. And I, to me, that was that was almost the key shot of, of Sunday. Well, it was certainly one that, that got it to, or got him the win, right? And the one that kept him out of the playoff. And, and to your point, Bob, it was not a kick-in putt. And you're, there's so many elements going on there to read that putt correctly. And he, I talked to him every day after his round, and the one thing he kept leaning on all week was, man, these greens are tricky. I'm having a hard time reading the greens. I'm having a hard time reading the greens. He said that all week. And we get up on that last hole, and it looks like it wants to go right. Like, it, it, visually, there's this shoulder that, that – suggests it's going to be pushed right. But at the same time, it's straight down wind. You're also guarded a little by the grandstand, so you, you're not 100% sure if the wind was as strong as the wind you felt standing in the middle of the fairway. You've got to trust that it is, and you're just a little covered there by the grandstand, and you've got to assume that wind is still there and still strong. And is that wind uh, being downhill and downwind, and it's going to take some of the break out of this pot? I mean, it, it was tough. It was not easy. Um, I mean, I, I really thought we were going to a playoff. I really did. Um, and, he, and he buried it, to your point. So, for me, yeah, there's a bunch of great swings, but there's always a bunch of great swings and a bunch of great shots with Rory, and he suggested that that might go down as one of the best shots he ever hit in his career coming into 18. Uh, he said that in one of his post-round uh, interviews. Uh, but for me, it's the putt on 18, and it is the up and down on 12. I mean, he hit it in a horrible spot on the par three in that little pot bunker in front of the green, uh, flew it out to about eight feet, seven, eight feet, and then made the putt. And I asked him uh, after the round, I said, did you get some help there on 12? Did you get a, a push from the ghost of old Tom Morris there and shove that in the cup? Because he thought he missed it well. He thought he missed it right. And as the ball was dying to the right, this massive gust of wind came in off the uh, sea and literally blew that golf ball into the hole. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I've seen players struggle with, with wind conditions before and you know, having to, to basically read the wind and account for the wind as part of their reads. You see it sometimes in Kapalua in January. 
Um, you know, I've seen it before. I've never seen the wind literally pick up a golf ball and practically throw it into the cup. Uh, and, and that's what happened. Rory was laughing as he walked off the green. He knew he missed it. I mean, it was just that little bit of wind and I guess a stroke of luck. Stroke a lot, and the uh, luck and the golf gods were on his side. Now, Mark, before we let you go, I mean, we got to talk about this wind a little more because, you know, Rory's longest tee shot on Sunday traveled 428 yards. His shortest tee shot with a driver was 240 yards. Minwoo Lee hit a 225-yard pitching wedge. Pitching wedge. Come on. Like, isn't this awesome just to see these conditions every once in a while, maybe not every week, but every once in a while to see the best players in the world and how they have to readjust, assess whether they're flighting shots, whether they're, they're trying to get more air on shots, uh, what, when the conditions get as bad as they were throughout the week of the Scottish Open. Yeah, it was awesome. It's so much fun to watch. And you're right out of, you know, especially when something, you only get something once or twice a year at most. I, I, it's so cool. What I love about it too is you don't just throw out yardages and say, okay, I, you know, I hit my pitching wedge this, I hit my nine iron that. You throw that all out the, the window, like you suggested. But you also throw out par in a way. I mean, there were holes yesterday that were, you know, playing well, but, you know, par fours, you can, you could simply, the weren't, normally not drivable that you're thinking about the green on driving and then there's par fours going the other way that you know the best players in the world might not be able to get to the green in regulation and now feel like the rest of the planet playing the wrong key deck all of a sudden and i think that's kind of the cool part of it and we're going to get into uh, winners weird or what i know you guys will do a little bit and we're going to do it this week for tv but uh, you gotta love that robert mcintyre round with 64 i, I don't I don't know how that round was shot. I didn't think that round certainly wasn't out there for anyone else in that field. When we uh, when we look back at the year and do our year reviews and whatnot at the end of the season, I mean, that has to be hands down the, the round of the year. Uh, to shoot that score in that weather, nobody's even close. You had Hogard go out early and shoot 67, but that was way ahead of the final groups and the leaders. So that, that was in a different wave. And then look at that afternoon wave. I mean, the best up there is are 68. And most of them are, you know, over par rounds of golf. And he goes out there, shoots 64, uh, dealing with what you're suggesting, like all the different variables. Absolutely incredible. It certainly was incredible. And the Open Championship gets underway this week, the final men's major of the season. Mark, I know you've been very busy over there, overseas, and you're there for a couple more days. Enjoy it, my friend. Send our best to Mrs. Golf Talk Canada, and we'll talk to you for television, which airs Tuesday night. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Have a great morning, guys. Okay, that is the Z-Man, Mark Zacchino. Bob, uh I want to ask you, what is the, if you could look back in your playing days, where, where and when were the wildest conditions you ever played in? My playing days? Well, the actual wildest thing I think we ever did was we went out um, just before Cabot Links opened up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing a little bit of a story uh, feature on the town, how important this golf course is going to be to the town. And this is... Again, the course has not even opened. They've got part of the what you see now. They've got one half of the uh, hotels rooms built. Um, it was it was pretty pretty rough, and there were still some people in the town who weren't too happy about it. But we went and talked to the local newspaper editor and a few other people, 
did this and that. But a nor'easter blew in, which is essentially half a step down from a hurricane. And we decided that it would still be worthwhile for us to go out and play a little golf. And we got to the 14th hole, which is the short little par three, 112 yards long. And we, <laughs> two of us were out there. I don't know. They, the caddies came out with us. They thought we were crazy. And the first guy hit a hybrid, and the ball went up in the air, and the wind caught it, and it, went, it flew back behind us, landed maybe about 30 yards behind us. So then I took a driver and realizing or remembering a, a phrase that my father always used to say, which is, uh, when it's breezy, swing it easy, famous golf. Nice. So I took a very slow swing and hit it, pretty, pretty good flushed swing, and still didn't, get to the, uh, still didn't get to the green. So to this day, when there's people going through there for the first time, you know, the, the caddies, the, it's a, become a thing of, of legend there. The, someone will say, well, what should I hit here? And he, the guy will say, well, we've seen everything from a 60-degree wedge to a driver. And me being, I think, the only idiot to hit a driver. But you can go, actually go on YouTube and see that clip. It's on uh, Golfing in a Hurricane. If you Google that or put that into the YouTube search, you'll see it there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, our, uh, our social, we'll get our social media team to post that video out. Uh, for me, Bob, there's a couple that really stand out. My first one was actually at Cabot as well. Back in 2016, we played Cabot Links. It was 9 degrees Celsius, and it was blowing 60 kilometers an hour and raining the whole time. So that was pleasant. That was uh, dry afterwards, for sure. Uh, another one, when we did our Ireland trip with our dads and lads Ireland trip back in 2019, leading up to the Open at Royal Portrush, we played La Hinch, which two weeks earlier, John Rahm had won the Irish Open. It was bone dry. It was 25 degrees Celsius for four days. I believe he was 22 under par winning. Well, that day it rained the entire day. It was blowing sideways. And many have said, not to pat my own self on the back here, but I broke 80 that day, and it felt like I broke 70 that day. That was just an absolute Yeah, I'll bet. On the golf course. But uh, it was cool <laughs> to see those conditions at the Scottish Open, and we'll see what kind of conditions we get this week at the Open Championship. On the other side, we're going to update you on some of our giveaways we have going on right now on GTC, and we'll tee up our two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Scully and Weeks alongside. So we spent a lot of time talking about Rory McIlroy, obviously, given he just won the Scottish Open, and given he is the pre-tournament co-betting favorite for the season's final major on the men's side, a plus 650 on FanDuel to win the Open. He's the co-betting favorite with, of course, Scotty Scheffler. Now, 19, 19 straight events finishing T12 or better for Scotty Scheffler. Bob, one of these weeks, he's, he's going to win by eight. He's going to win by 10. Like something, it's going to come together at some point. But I, I don't know about you, but I could sense he, he was getting frustrated on the greens at the Scottish Open. Uh, given we saw another good performance from Scheffler, what are you expecting this week at the Open? I don't know. Maybe Scotty Scheffler is turning into Adam Scott, you know, guy who could tee to green is just absolutely so pure 
and you just can't get it over the hump, I I would find it frustrating too because you get yourself to the green, you get yourself in birdie range, and it just doesn't produce. And I don't know. Um, I I thought that perhaps the fact that the greens in the UK are a little bit slower and generally speaking, not always as crazy. I mean, there obviously are exceptions to that. I don't mean that by uh, as a hard and fast rule, but I thought, you know, you can hit it a little firmer. You don't have to be so delicate. That might help him out, but apparently not. Yeah, and even as Mark was talking about when he was chatting with Rory McIlroy after his rounds, Rory was saying he was having a hard time reading the tricky greens at that Renaissance the golf club they were playing at the Scottish Open. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see where, uh, where Scotty Scheffler, because at some point he's either going to win or he's going to miss a cut, I think, because you, you can't just keep doing this over and over and over again and, uh, and not getting uh, it done. Now, of course, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, both members of Team TaylorMade, and 20 weeks of TaylorMade does continue throughout the summer right here on Golf Talk Canada. Stay tuned to our social media channels to see who's taken home the TaylorMade Stealth 2 Plus driver. That's our giveaway this week on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Because it's a major week, we have three prizes this coming week. Sign up for our fantasy pool, golftalkcanada.com. Click the 20 weeks of TaylorMade tab. Sign up. It's free. It's fun. Bob, how's your tailor-made Stealth 2 Plus driver? Are you still bombing it, or are, are, we, uh, are we on a hiatus yeah. now still? No, it was been working really well. It was really working well on the weekend. I had a couple of rounds, and they were... Uh, I can't complain about uh, where I hit the driver. Only a, a few operator errors, obviously. But, in fact, I had a guy who I was playing with who was uh, so impressed. He went into the pro shop, and they were going to build him a, a demo model to uh, test out. So maybe, uh, maybe I should get a, a, ask for a little bit of commission on that sale if he does go through i think you should uh we'll, we'll get uh nick from TaylorMade on the line too and and talk all about that no that's awesome yeah that's uh, the TaylorMade stealth 2 plus driver lots of technology involved with that great product as well speaking of giveaway stay tuned to our social media feeds early this week too we'll announce the winner of the adidas bogey boys bag giveaway valued at six hundred dollars for that bag and i i have to i have to say i i got some comments about posing with that bag whether my shirt was a little too tight but you know what it's a fun bag but have you seen this bag up close in person bob i have not seen it up close in person i've seen it in the same picture you were referencing and the only thing i could say is that i love the way that you matched up your pants your shorts with the uh, the green that was in that in this bag it's a good looking bag though i will say that and uh to be honest with you that was intentional there were some emails about that but what to wear with the bag have to give a shout out to my buddy Raphael, who took the photos and that was on an iphone too not some professional nonsense wow. that was an iphone so iphone cameras obviously are pretty good but again stay tuned to our social media channels we'll announce the winner of that bag on the other side davis lamb has now won two straight times on pga tour canada three weeks ago he was just trying to monday qualify for an event on the pga tour canada and now he's one win away from automatic exemption into the corn ferry tour he joins us to kick off our two next this segment of gtc presented by taylor made was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world 
Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, hour two, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, one of the great things I really enjoy doing on this show is right after events on PGA Tour Canada, when we have the winners on our show, we get to tell the stories of those who are trying to make their way up the professional ranks. We know the stories all about whether it's Brooke Henderson, Corey Connors, Nick Taylor. These players are all professionals and have done very well for themselves. But how about those coming up in the game, in the professional ranks, getting to share their stories? And this story, well, it's a pretty cool one because our audience will know this name because we had him on a couple weeks ago when he won for the first time on PGA Tour Canada. And as we wrapped up that interview, I said I said to Davis, I said, hey, maybe we'll have you on again this season if you win again. Well, he took that advice to heart because what did he do? He won again. He won the Quebec Open, and he now joins us again. Davis, what do you say, man? Congratulations on the win. Adam, how are you doing, man? I'm happy to be back. Yeah, well, uh, you held on to that promise. You won again, and you're joining us here. So congratulations on the win. How would you compare your two victories in this short span? Oh, man, it's been a, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, you know, I was so happy to get that first one under my belt, um, kind of ease up the rest of the season a little bit, guarantee some starts, and then, uh, you know, a nice little week off to celebrate properly and kind of get back into it. Um, you know, I knew I had the uh, the game to do it again. To do it again immediately was, um, I mean, surprising to say the least. I was happy to do it. I felt like I was playing well, but uh, it's just a surreal, a surreal feeling. And um, looking forward to the rest of the season. Davis, I'm I'm looking at this this little story here, and you were a few weeks ago, basically a guy without status on on PGA Tour Canada. You come in, you win two. You shoot 40 under over two weeks or two tournaments, I should say. I mean, I, this is sort of a, a typical question, but like what changed or what happened or what clicked or how do you sort of account for this tremendous play over these two events? You know, it's been a long time coming. Um, golf can be difficult, just like any sport where results aren't always um, a direct correlation to how, you know, the progress you're making. Um, I was struggling a little bit this offseason with some swing stuff, and we've been slowly working it kind of back out to get to a place where I can play. Um, and there's been kind of glimmers of hope here and there the last few months. Um, but it kind of all came together just uh, in, in the best possible timing. So nice to see hard work paying off because it, uh, it doesn't always come to shine um, this clearly. So, um, you know, I'm happy with the work we've been doing, and I'm just looking forward to keeping it going. In conversation with Davis Lamb, Quebec Open champion, the latest winner on PGA Tour Canada, now a two-time 
winner on that circuit so far this season. Bob mentioned your score to par 40 under par in two tournaments. This latest one at the Quebec Open was a bit of a shootout with some uh, weather elements they had to battle through. Take us through that final round and, and getting it done. So the uh, the area up in Montreal has got a ton of rain the week leading up. So the course is incredibly soft, which no matter what golf course we're playing, if it's soft like that, there are just going to be a ton of birdies out there. Um, it was a lot of fun this week. It was just, you know, you had to be foot on the gas for, for 72 straight holes. That that final round was, you know, we were, we didn't expect to really even play. The weather forecast was so bad. We got pretty lucky in terms of um, how we ended up getting to get through. We played 12 holes and then pulled off the course because it started uh, started pouring. Um, we were off for about an hour as it rained, and then it subsided again, and it was beautiful for, for the last couple hours. So it worked out well, um, but with conditions like that outside of the rain, it was very little wind, very, very soft, and, you know, that's just nobody's going to stop making birdies, so you kind of have to keep doing it to stay in front. The nature of, of these smaller tours, Davis, is obviously they don't have the volunteer uh, infrastructure to put up scoreboards and do things. So did you have any idea over the last few holes where you stood? So I think Canada does a very good job about scoreboards um, for the last few holes because I do want guys to know where they stand. This week was a little bit different because with so few groups back out on the course after the rain delay, they didn't send the volunteers back out, understandably. Um, so in this case, no, I had no idea. Um, the leaderboard on 12, T was not um, up. And then on 17, T wasn't updated. So, I knew I was in front, but I didn't know how by how much. Um, I wrongfully assumed it was two or three, which is uh, a lesson I'll take moving forward to uh, never assume. But, um, you know, I had a two-shot lead coming down 18. David Kim birdied 18 to cut it to one. Uh, I didn't hit a great shot. I had to lay up on a par five, um, and I hit a wedge on to about 25 feet, was able to two-putt to get it done. So a little closer than I would have liked, but uh, we, we got it done, and I was happy with it. As you should have been. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, two victories so far on the season for you. I asked, <coughs> excuse me, I asked you this question after your first win, but after victory number two, when you finish the round, when you get dry, when you're hanging out, you pull the phone out for the first time, what was the reaction like from friends and family? Oh, it was just surreal again. Um, you know, a lot of the texts were almost repeats. People saying, my goodness, I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this again, but congrats on the win. And I had to, you know, say thank you again. So the outpouring of support has been unbelievable. Uh, I've got so many people in my corner. I'm just happy to share with all of them. I was, I was doing a little look-see at uh, your, your history here, and I noticed that you played at Notre Dame, obviously, but then you went and did your MBA at Florida at Atlantic. Is that, is that, am I reading that right? You have an yeah, MBA in sports management? Um, so I had half a degree. It was a two-year program. I only did one so far. Um, but after my four years at Notre Dame, which I loved, I loved every minute of it, um, the NCAA granted us an extra year due to COVID. So I took that down at FAU uh, for a host of different reasons, but a lot of it was, you know, I knew I was turning pro, so I wanted to be somewhere that I could play full-time the whole year, a lot of professional golf events while I was still an amateur. Um, so that was a nice year, but it was a, you know, good to get half an MBA. Should I ever need that down the road? Um, but it was mostly a year about, getting the golf in and kind of continuing to improve so that I was ready to go when I wanted to turn pro. So, and, and if the golf thing didn't work out, then you could become a golf agent maybe with this sports management degree. Is that, was that ever in the back of your mind? You know, I, I hope that never comes, never comes to that, but uh, there are a lot of <laughs> options to be like that. So one day maybe I'll have to finish it. 
Yeah, totally. Now, <laughs> well, we hope uh, the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, we t- we definitely hope the same thing. But I mentioned this off the top, Davis, that three weeks ago you were trying to Monday qualify for a PGA Tour Canada event with not not much status, and now you're you're one win away from Corn Ferry exemption. Are you able to sit back and and reflect on? how wild this three-week stretch has been, or is it challenging given that you're still in the middle of a season? You know, it's, it's hard not to get caught up in it because the opportunities are, are closer than they've ever been. Um, but, you know, with six events still left in the season um, and a lot of guys right on my heels, there's no no reason to stop now. So uh, looking forward to three more in a row coming up. I know my game's in a good spot, so I'm just trying to focus on the task at hand and wherever the ships fall at the end of the season, um, that's where they fall. Well, it's uh, it's an incredible story, man. Uh, you've won twice now, and I'm going to sign off this interview the same way we signed off our last time. Let's hope we talk to you again later this season after another victory on PGA Tour Canada. Davis, congratulations, man. Enjoy some celebrating if you can, and good luck here going forward. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's Davis Lamb, latest winner. PGA Tour Canada, two dubs on the season, first place in the Fortinet Cup standings. And, Bob, we have a very interesting interview airing this week because it's the Ottawa Open, and Claude Giroux is playing in the Ottawa Ah. Open. He's going to join us on Golf Talk Canada. We're going to chat with Claude Giroux all about the lead-up, the experience, the prep, all the reps on the golf course, getting ready while also training for uh, his NHL season as well with the Ottawa Senators. So Claude Giroux going to join us uh, Tuesday evening, Golf Talk Canada Television. Wednesday, we'll play that interview as well here on uh, GTC. Well, coming up on the other side, he produces a bunch of things on TSN, CFL, golf, the works. He only wears shorts, and we talked about that a lot on this show. Jamie Rydell going to join us here on Golf Talk Canada. Looking back at Rory McIlroy, looking ahead to the Open Championship. And who knows, maybe we'll talk about some thrilling CFL games over the weekend because, boy, oh, boy, there was some great action across the CFL, which you could see on TSN. Jamie Rydell joins us on Golf Talk Canada next. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Golf Talk Canada, Scully and Weeks alongside. We're just joined by Davis Lamb, who is now a two-time winner on PGA Tour Canada. Cool story, Bob, as you mentioned, about the at the half degree that we uh, talked about. He also went to Notre Dame, played golf there. I have to give a shout-out to a uh, personal family friend, Bridget Wilkie, who a uh, member at Bayview Golf and Country Club, also heading to Notre Dame to play golf. And uh, quite a star in the making here. Uh, her sister, Olivia, is at the University of Richmond as well. So cool here for the future is bright and Notre Dame. Uh, looking forward to having 
Davis on again, perhaps, because I, I want to know more about Notre Dame. Bob, have you have you been in that region at all? Have you been to a football game there potentially? I have not, but you know who does know a lot about it is our uh, good TSN pal Dave Poulin, who uh, not only played it, right. played there, but also coached there. So he has a long uh, history at Notre Dame. So we can maybe we can get him on one time and tell us a little bit about his golf exploits at at playing at Notre Dame. I think I'm pretty sure Notre Dame has its own golf course. Yes, we should definitely do that, and uh, I think that's a great idea. I played golf with Pooley about uh, six weeks ago, so uh, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to Pooley at, at some point here uh, in the very near future, but uh, getting back to golf now and Rory McIlroy winning again, 24th career PGA Tour victory. Now the pre-tournament co-betting favorite with Scotty Scheffler heading into the Open, and for much more on all things golf, perhaps some CFL talk because – Boy, oh boy, we had some great games over the weekend. Now joining us, TSN producer extraordinaire, Jamie Rydell, now joins us on the line. How are you this morning, good sir? What is happening, you guys? How are you? Beautiful Monday. Beautiful, beautiful Monday. And I, I, think, I think we'll end this on, on a CFL question because there were some great games, and I, I was on the desk throughout the weekend, got to see a lot of those great games. Oh, the doubleheader on Saturday. My goodness, that was Incredible. awesome. Incredible. But uh, – for you, you know, we're heading into the final men's major of the season. Rory McIlroy gets a victory. The Scottish Open now enters the Open Championship. Do you think this is the week that we finally see the, ma- the major drought broken? I think it definitely is possible, for sure. Like, he, if Rory's not in better form than he has been, um, even with the putter uh, in recent recent months and weeks then I don't know what he is like this is obviously the best he's probably been playing um he hit the ball so well last week uh I think he was first in every strokes game category from not like usual off tee approaches tee to green total and he was really good with the putter so the slower greens might help Rory right We, we hope so. Uh, it'd be nice to see him in the running, obviously, to see him mm-hmm. playing well. And um, it'd also be nice to see one of our Canadian guys playing well. We were just, yeah. uh, earlier this morning, you and I were on a call talking about the Canadians and how well they've done and how mm-hmm. we were on with the PGA Tour. Um, this is a really year. For Canadian golf, and you look at what Taylor Penrith almost, by the way, in the opposite field right. event, he was in the hunt coming down the stretch. So right. he could have had the fifth Canadian winner uh, on the season. But I, I just look at what we've got so far. What, what's what's your perception of it all? Well, you know, I think obviously this has been building, right? We've seen this build um, with these Canadian guys, and now I think between them all, you know, not only will they play off of each other when everybody else wins, but they also support each other. And and really root for each other. We saw that at the Canadian Open with guys at the with guys that stuck around to watch Nick. Um, and then now it's their goal to vote and win. Like you think Adam Hadwin sitting at home, just happy with how his season's gone. I'm sure like his season has been a good season, but he sees everybody else with a win. And these guys are starting to believe that they can win, and that they are at the top of the top of the world in in golf. And and now it's showing. And, you know, week in and every week we, we talk about it. You're almost on standby every week we see, right? Um, because some other yeah. Canadian is in contention. 
Um, so it's, it's a really great time. And, and, and this year, like how important is this year with the designated events that these guys, we got five of them inside the top 50 that would all get into all those big events. Um, so that it's, it's such an important time to, to have this success right now because of what the cash and prestige value is going forward next year. And for Hadwin specifically, you know, obviously he garnered a lot of media attention for getting absolutely wallpapered on the 18th green at Oakdale, that tackle. But I'm sure for him, obviously he, he, he was fine answering questions about it, but you would think that he he wants to talk about his own golf game. He wants to talk about how he's playing better instead of getting absolutely tackled. And Hey, he almost won a couple weeks ago at the rocket mortgage too. So it's certainly, it's certainly a great time to be a fan of golf in Canada, whether it's a PGA tour, Brooke Henderson doing what she's Mm -hmm. doing on the LPGA tour, Stephen Ames, of course, on the, on PGA tour champions, a remarkable season uh, as well, but getting back to the open here, you know, Rory McIlroy is the co-betting favorite with, Scotty Scheffler, now mm-hmm. 19, 19 consecutive tournaments, T12 or better. How would you describe this run he's currently on, JR? It's pretty, it's pretty incredible, right? Like, to have that consistency. Like, we all talked about how John Rahm was playing at the beginning of the year, and he's kind of gone into a cool streak, right, where he, he really hasn't had his best, and he's not fin- making, getting those finishes. Well, Scotty Scheffler has his C game and finishes third. You know, it's it's really you know you don't want to say tiger esque because nobody's tiger esque, but to be in, I think I think the stat was that only seventy some guys have beaten him this year, or one hundred and seventy or something like that, in this whole like in this whole year. He's beaten a ton, and but he's only been beaten by about seventy guys this year. That's ridiculous. On, on a on a, it is when when you look at it. You know, PGA Tour, where, you know, we've already witnessed a whole bunch of different people can win, that he can be this consistent all the time. Since, like, this is a, we're at, what, nine months of pure consistency of finish. Um, and not always with his best stuff. And we've, we've, we've described his putting problems. Um, but it, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible what Scotty Scheffler has done this year. Um, to be this consistent. You know, you know what else is remarkable? Uh, there's a guy we haven't really mentioned at all today, and in maybe in the last couple of episodes of this show, is John Rahm. Right. And now, he hasn't played all that much, but my goodness, there's a guy who's you know, right up near the top of the world rankings, and, and we're not even sort of putting him on the radar. Like, that's, that's how... Um, how quickly things can, I think, turn and, and guys can move mm-hmm. into the forefront and fall back. And, but I mean, I, I'd certainly look at, I don't even know if Scully can probably tell us where Rom is in the, in the betting numbers, third. but, uh, third. boy, that yeah. might be a sneaky pick. Yeah. Maybe it's not that yeah, sneaky. He's third, <laughs> but, but it's, still, it's he, a pretty cool, you know, it's no, a pretty no. cool time right now to have all these guys playing well. Right. And it's not like, you know, he had the hot, like, like I said, like he had that hot start. He's still got four wins this year. But since the Masters, you know, he's only had two top tens. So, you know, he hasn't had, like, it was cut at his last event, the Travelers. And, um, but, like, you tell me he can't, you know, it's Lynx Golf, right? It's, 
you know, you don't tell, you don't think this guy can just come up and he's probably better value than than you would get with Rory for a chance to win because mm-hmm. he is third third highest. Um, you know, the plus six fifty, I think it is, right, Scully for yep. for uh, for Rory and uh, and Scheffler. That's pretty low. Yeah. For for winning a golf tournament, like you're usually the lead guys, usually the nine hundreds to a thousands, right? At at um, at events like this. So, it, but it's just funny how the shift, right? The shift, like you said, we see like the shift in everything. Like John Rahm was all world after the Masters, and then you know he had a T15 in a second, but then hasn't been very good in the limited golf that he's played. Um, it just what's it's what makes this so this time in golf so good because you never know. Like Rory was struggling, now he's playing well. Rahm's struggling, could he play well? Scheffler's been consistent. You know, you got the guys on the live tour like Cam and DJ and, and Brooks Kepka who are are big time players. And Cam won his last event. Now he's defending his open championship and you know, he said it today at his press conference how much he wants it. Um it's a pretty fascinating time now because you got probably a collective of thirty guys that you feel really good that could really break through and win at a major. Where it wasn't always that way, right? With Tiger it was you know, Tiger and who's going to try and chase him. Yeah, you're right about that. And as uh, as Michael the Hound Dog Harrison said when he joined us on Golf Talk Can the last Wednesday, it might not be worth it placing a wager on a pre-tournament betting favorite in the triple digits, so a plus 650. Might want to wait a little longer if those odds right. do lengthen, if they struggle a little out of the gate. Okay, before we let you go, I did tease this, JR, the CFL. So mm-hmm. great. So so we have the Edmonton Elks who they they suck. Let's just put mm-hmm. it bluntly. They suck. And They're we have the rest of the league which th- there were some thrilling games. Of the games you saw, which was your favorite throughout the weekend? Well, if if I rank them by the best played game, that would have been the Friday night game between the Argos and Alouettes, which yeah. is fantastic. Um the craziest, it's really hard to say on those Saturday doubleheaders. We actually had this debate with the panel um, for one of our hits about which game they thought was the more intriguing or craziest finish because, you know, you, you look on one side, it's Winnipeg against Ottawa, who's got Dustin Crum, who is not a household name. He's barely been in the CFL. And you got the juggernaut bombers that should be destroying them. And they did in the first half. They had 20 yards of offense in the first half, the Ottawa Red Blacks, and then states this ridiculous comeback to win in, in overtime, like probably the most surprising win that there's going to be this year. And then you go to the second game, and, you know, we're kind of cruising along. Calgary's kind of winning, but, you know, a couple punt return touchdowns by Mary Walford to keep the riders in. Trevor Harris gets hurt, and now you hit a Hail Mary with 28 seconds left that should have been picked off to put the riders ahead. And then Jake Mayer goes bang, bang, bang. And it's a 50 yard field goal by probably the best kicker in the history of the CFL and Renee Paredes. Um, but it, you, you know, you got to go with Ottawa because Ottawa, you know, that shouldn't have happened. Winnipeg should have never lost Ottawa, but Dustin Crump really showed some, some poise for a guy who's not had any experience against a really, really good defense. And I think they took the foot off the gas a little bit, the Bombers did it, and they paid for it. Um, probably one of their worst losses in recent history for the Bombers. And 
you know, they're lucky. They got Edmonton this week at home, so they should roll that game and get back on the winning streak. But that Ottawa, if any team needed it other than the Elks, it was the Red Blacks because they've been so snake-bitten with injuries to quarterback um, and used so many different quarterbacks in their last since they last won the Grey Cup. Um, so it was pretty incredible. It was an incredible few days of football, which, you know, again, like this is what CFL football is. When they, when they did their no lead is safe tagline, it's, it's really true. The 22nd play clock means there's more plays. So teams aren't just, you can't just run clocks out easily in the CFL like you can in the NFL at times. So, um, Hopefully this is a another good week of football games as we got to four starting from Thursday to Sunday. There you go. We got a golf recap. We got a CFL recap. We Any other sports you guys want me to do? What's that? We want to talk Wimbledon. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was going to ask you about wearing shorts, but no. Yeah, we're, 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 we don't have enough time for short stock. We'll save that for our next conversation, <laughs> uh, Jamie. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Love the love the CFL talk at the end, the open talk. Enjoy the coverage this week. We're yeah. all over it here. On the Open's PSA. great. Jamie, thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, guys. The Open's great. One of the favorite tournaments of the year. It sure is. That is TSN producer extraordinaire, Jamie Riddle. On the other side, three up, winners, weird and what, next right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks around. Before we get to 3-Dub, some news from the Open. Rory McIlroy was scheduled to speak with the media Tuesday morning. That is no longer as his press conference has now been canceled. I'm going to read a press release here. We have been advised that Rory McIlroy will no longer be taking part in a preview press conference tomorrow, Tuesday morning. We apologize for the inconvenience, but we'll be endeavoring to secure preview quotes, which will be made available for use. So I wonder because... You know, something we didn't get into off the top when last week, Bob, when we played lawyer for 30 minutes on live radio, boy, oh boy, was that fun talking about the U.S. Senate hearing. I'm guessing a lot of questions would be directed to Rory about what went down last week. And now he did decline those questions at the Scottish Open. But we know sometimes the press in Europe, they can be a little, uh, they they can ask a lot of follow-up questions, maybe some questions that some would argue are a little more direct. So what do you think about Rory here canceling this press conference? Uh, not a surprise. This continues on his practice. Um, in fact, I think the last time he sat down in a press conference was the RBC Canadian Open. So I don't think that he has done anything since. And I think basically he is trying to, I think he's, he's realized that doing that has taken away from his golf. I think he's said what he has to say about uh, Liv and whatever is going on with PIF and all that right now. I don't think he wants to go down that lane. I, I think he gets perhaps a little bit frustrated by it. 
And I think that doing this is, he did it at the U.S. Open. He's done it basically everything since, as I said, RBC Canadian Open. So I think he just wants to focus on his golf, and this is one way he can handle that. And listen, no player is, is um, they don't, it, this is not a constituency of your, or a, a rule that you have to follow, that you have to meet with the press. You don't have to come in there. It's, it's something that um, he doesn't do. I, in fact, I've, as we're sitting here, I've got Golf Channel on, and he was just walking down the first fairway with Todd Lewis, talking to him uh, on the microphone. So I'm sure there's no, going to be no shortage of quotes available about what, whatever Rory's thinking about. And, uh, and so I, I, I applaud him if he thinks this will help him play better. Yeah, he did the same thing, too, at the U.S. Open, where it didn't speak to the media. Of course, that was right after the RBC Canadian Open, when the initial big bombshell news did come out. But he did the same sort of thing, a walk-and-talk interview during a practice round with Johnson Wagner uh, from Golf Channel. And I remember, actually, from that interview, of course, that Rory was playing in a practice round behind four Canadians at, uh, at LACC. So that, that was pretty cool uh, for Rory McIlroy. But I, I'm sure I, we'll have some audio circulating. We'll play it on our show Wednesday morning right here on TSN 1050. Well, it's uh, getting closer to the end of our show, and we always like to play a little winners, weird and what, no shortage of weird and bizarre and crazy in the world of golf over the last week. Let's get to it. This week, Bob, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, Adam, my winner this week is actually a collection of Canadians who uh, took part last week in the U.S. Adaptive Open, U.S. Open for Adaptive Golfers, and uh, this is a wonderful tournament that's um, brought to light how, you know, you can be disadvantaged in certain ways or you need to adapt in certain ways and you can still play some great golf. In fact, the Ontario Adaptive Championship is taking place right now at Weston Golf and Country Club today and tomorrow. And so if you have a, the urge to go out, I think you could be, you'd be allowed to go out and walk around a little bit. Uh, but three Canadians in particular I want to point out, and that is Curtis Barkley, who is in the short stature flight, uh, Kiefer Jones, who is in the vision impairment flight, and Natasha Stasiak, who is in the intellectual impairment. Now, Natasha is going to be playing um, at, at Weston. The other two are not. Kiefer's from Calgary. Uh, Curtis is from this around the area here generally, but he's, uh, he's otherwise occupied. But all three of them won their flights in the US, USJ, U.S. Adaptive Open. That was held at Pinehurst. They played on Pinehurst number six. And uh, just, just so you get an idea of what these guys are all about, Curtis Barkley uh, has a plus 1.3 handicap, and, <laughs> which is absolutely remarkable. And Kiefer Jones, I think, shot three rounds. Uh, at the, and, you know, he's got vision impairment. And he basically, I think, broke, broke 80 in two of the three rounds and shot 80 in the third round. So these are some exceptionally talented golfers, despite uh, whatever they have, you know, that's, that's brought them into these tournaments. And, and I just applaud them wholeheartedly for what they're doing and how they're playing and also the organizations that are holding these, what I would call, very important championships. Yeah, totally agree. That's, that's very well said. And I, I got to... Uh, participate in a Golf Canada run event uh, of the same magnitude two years ago or so. And it's inspiring to see what these athletes are able to do. So uh, kudos. 
Uh, my weird this week is a penalty that took place at the Dana Open uh, on the LPGA Tour on, on Sunday that was assessed to Lydia Ko. She got a seven-stroke penalty. How about that? Oh. <laughs> she unfortunately misread the ruling that uh, preferred lies were in effect. She thought they were in effect for the whole golf course. They were only in effect for the first and the tenth hole because those are the only ones that apparently were a little bit underwater. Unfortunately, she uh, decided that she was going to uh, take a preferred lie on the third hole, on the seventh hole, on the ninth hole, and a few others. And so she got a uh, she got uh, penalties on each of those holes. Had seven strokes added to her score. Ended up shooting a 78, and that's under the category of whoops, uh, forgot about uh, the rules or should read those rulings. A little bit closer, perhaps, the next time. So, uh, poor Lydia Ko. She's uh, she's not, not doing too well in adding up that scorecard all that well. And my uh, what this week is, of this season that um, Steve Stricker is having. Now, mm. we've talked a lot about Bernard Longer, who's now set the record for the most wins ever with 46 on PGA Tour Champions. PGA Tour Champions has five majors. Steve Stricker on Sunday just won his third major of the five. He won what is essentially the Senior Players Championship. And this is, un- I mean, it's just a remarkable run for these guys. And there are some guys having great seasons. We know Stephen Ames is having a great season. But my goodness, what a run to win three major championships for Steve Stricker. That would be, imagine if someone had won three of the four on the uh, big tour, what that would be like. No, totally. And, you know, Steve Stricker's a guy who's had, he had some health issues too after being the U.S. Ryder Cup captain. He had some very serious health issues, came back, and this is very inspirational to see. And the only other major he didn't win, he came in second. So he, we could be talking about a, a calendar slam here. We were almost talking about a calendar slam in the tennis world for Novak Djokovic until he lost in the Wimbledon final. Boy, oh boy, was that fun to watch anyway, losing to Carlos Alcaraz. But Steve Stricker, it's been a, a very good season, to say the least. All right, Adam, now the tea is yours. 348. Oh! <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. I didn't mention this earlier in the show, but I did play a couple rounds of golf over the weekend. That new grip that uh, Shaheen is implemented, it's getting more comfortable, Bob, and we're not hitting Very as good. many drives off the planet. Let's let's put it that way. I did miss a couple <laughs> fairways. I, I, my, you know, my I'm about a three handicap, but I'm a, I'm a plus three in terms of four calls because I sort of have to because I'm not exactly Mr. Accuracy. <laughs> It was used a couple times, but just a couple times. We're, we're getting a little more accurate. The stronger grip, we're, we're getting ball, more balls on the right fairways. Anyway, just, I just wanted to put, a, put that out there. My winner this week, Shane Bacon, golf broadcaster, who's qualified for the U.S. Amateur. How cool is this? A, a golf broadcaster. So Shane Bacon was with Fox. He was with um, NBC doing a lot of their USGA broadcasts. He's now uh, an employee with Ping, doing some equipment stuff with them, doing podcasts with them. But Shane Bacon, 39 years old, qualifies for the U.S. Amateur. I'm not sure. Have you ever seen video of Shane Swing? Because this guy can play, Bob. I haven't, actually. I've heard him. I've sort of read some of his tweets where he's talked about rounds he's played and certain things like that, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him swing. He's a very nice guy. I've met him a couple of times at some of the uh, majors and stuff, but very, very pleasant guy to be around. And I know he's got just, he's just got a deep, deep, passionate love for the game. 
Yeah, does he ever? He's a lefty. I know that. So he's a part of the lefty gang. So, uh, yeah, and he's a good player. So congratulations to Stephen A. Uh, Stephen A. Shane Bacon for uh, qualifying for the U.S. Amateur. Okay, my weird this week. So Steph Curry wins the American Century Championship. Some really cool highlights, but the weird part, I got to say, he makes a hole-in-one. And the celebration afterwards was my weird, where he this ball went in the hole, took two hops, and spun back in the hole for the one. Awesome. Great. He elected to sprint. Just went for the cold, hard sprint. Now, the last time we saw someone do this was Tony Finau at, uh, at the Par 3 contest. But Finau's mistake was he started running and then went for the back pedal turnaround running backwards and that's when his ankle just exploded and that was one of the most disgusting things we'll ever see on a live broadcast but steph curry just decided to go forward but the weird thing about this bob is once he actually got on the green he started running faster and he almost clotheslined the pin i don't know about you if you saw this video but that is so dangerous to do that because if the flag stick goes one way or the other you could poke yourself in the eye or you could rip the cup out of the uh, out of the ground like you could do some damage to the hole but yeah that's a little crazy i didn't see the first part i didn't see him doing that that's uh, absolutely insane yeah yeah very very insane and uh steph curry i mean Congrats on the win. He's quite a player, but uh, maybe try a different celebration next time. Okay, my what this week before we go to break. One of the really cool things I enjoy about the Open Championship is the lead-up and how players prepare for the Open Championship. And whether the tournament's in Scotland or England or Ireland, players tend to visit some of the sites around in Europe because they're already overseas. Let's go try this course and or try that course. You know, we saw Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas play North Berwick with push carts, which was awesome. That was so cool. But John Rahm didn't play in the Genesis Scottish Open. However, he went to Bally Bunyan to prep to get ready for Lynx Golf. Now Bally Bunyan is known as one of the Best courses in Ireland. Tom Watson helped uh, design Bally Bunyan, a little redesign. He calls it one of the best courses in Europe. Last year, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy played practice rounds at Bally Bunyan. If you really scroll deep into my Instagram page, I wore matching plus fours with my dad at Bally Bunyan four years ago. So a bit of a personal touch there. I really enjoy uh, Bally Bunyan. Have you had a chance to, to get over uh, to, to Bally Bunyan at all? Bob? No. I have not, unfortunately. No, I have not. I'd love to go on the list. Too many golf uh, courses, not enough time. Yeah, (laughs) I feel that. But it's a a great track and a good on John Rahm for prepping at one of the great golf courses, not only in Ireland, uh, for sure. It's just a, a great track, a great challenge. Good on John Rahm. On the other side, we have leaderboard updates from around the world of golf, and we're going to tell you where you can watch us whether it's Golf Talk Canada, whether it's on TSN, when Graham Dillette's going to join as well. A lot of open championship preview talk, and it's all coming up on the other side. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. And don't forget, check out our social media channels as we announce our winner of the Adidas Bogey Boys bag, valued at $600. We'll announce that on social media early this week. Time for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com for much more. On the LPGA, Lynn Grant, a three-shot victory. How about Allison Corpus? Back-to-back, she comes, she wins the U.S. Women's Open, comes second, second last week. How about that for a bounce back? Also of note, Rosang misses the cut, which was interesting. Lynn Grant flirted with 59 in Saturday's third round. Bob, she was nine under through 13 holes, couldn't quite get it done. Oh, yes, that with uh, a little bit of a mystery there, but uh, Brooke Anderson missed the cut as well. Yeah, so Brooke Henderson misses the cut. We're so another one eyebrow raised again. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> one eyebrow <laughs> raised for sure. Been been a an interesting year, but still a successful year for Brooke as she does have a victory, uh, as you mentioned in Winners Weird and What. Steve Stricker, a, vi- a champion again, third senior major of the year at the senior. PGA Championship, uh, the Quebec Open, PGA Tour Canada. Davis Lamb, who joined us earlier in the show, wins for the second time in three weeks on PGA Tour Canada. Now one win away from Corn Ferry Tour exemption. And the Genesis Scottish Open, Rory McIlroy, a winner again on the PGA Tour, his 24th career victory. Now we should also point out Corey Connors finished T19. Very good finish for him as did Nick Taylor. So a pair of Canucks inside the top 20 getting ready for the Open. Well, our Open Championship schedule to preview, it's a busy one. Tuesday, 11 p.m., watch us, TSN 2. Wednesday, we're back right here, TSN 1050 at 10 a.m. Wednesday, 1 p.m., TSN 4, TSN 5. Wednesday, 4 p.m., TSN 2. We'll be back then, or as Brian Hayes says, we'll chat then. Uh, Bob? Thanks for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. I know it's been a wild morning. I know it's been a fun one, but thank you. Thank you for joining <laughs> us this morning. All good. We'll see you all week in Sports Center and everywhere else. Sports Center, FanDuel, TSN.ca. The work's going to be a fun one. We'll be back 11 p.m. TSN 2, and of course, back here, TSN 1050, Wednesday at 10 a.m. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, and remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.